You know when you tell your partner that you're ready and you start recording and you hit that beautiful little red button and the podcast begins again? You know the podcast, Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, the only podcast to detail Lucha Underground on the Marchland Media Empire. You know when you say you're ready to record and then you realize you do not have an introduction? My name is Sean. And my name's James. You could have just said, Welcome to Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, the only podcast that makes you feel fun. I like mine, though. Mine had a little story. Also, anyone listening to this is probably like, they confirmed they are partners. Yes. We Wait, th- no one was thinking that. Oh, everyone Ooh. does. They're like, oh, Nicole, okay, it's Sean Nicole Marciniak, isn't it? Yeah, all right. I feel like, and let me know if I'm wrong, I feel like I am the least shipped member of the Marsland Media Enterprise revolving door of cast and characters. I think there's only one shipped group. Uh, it's me and someone else. And I believe I will not say it because that other person might be wanting to ship us. So I'm like, oh, okay. I don't I don't know what's going on, guys. It's one of the hidden and credit boys. We're like, I, we we feel like he might have a tiny crush on me. In a, like, a healthy way. It's not like he's plotting against Nicole. He might be saying, hey, uh, I'm in this poly. Uh, This is very uh, bringing it so close. He's like, I'm in this poly relationship. Nicole and James, you want to get in this? Uh, (laughs) Well, why don't you guys get in this episode of Sweaty Time for Wrestling, The Transitions. (gasps) Yeah, we are two weeks out. This is the... Second to last match before Ultima Lucha, the ultimate two episode event, which we will cover together uh, in a watch along that you can watch along. Two watch alongs, bitch. Yeah. Two watch alongs, two dongs, all love. Recorded on the same day. Yeah. I will bring a pizza Lunchable and forget to eat it. Ooh, that's what Nicole does. She's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta bring a Lunchable on the train ride. And it's like, you're not gonna eat it. No, but it's there. And that's comforting. Last, maybe two summers ago. Yeah, it would have had to been two summers ago. Nicole wanted to experience this apartment by herself. Unless last summer, is that when Ready Player One came out? I don't remember. I think it was two summers ago. She wanted to experience the apartment for herself because whenever... She's here. I'm here. I don't go out. I don't have friends unless we are both going to hang out with those friends. I enjoy Nicole's company. So I said, all right, I'll go to a bunch of comic book stores. I'll go to see a movie Ready Player One. And I'm like, Nicole, you got to understand how much I love you. I sat outside Eating with my hands nacho lunchables, which is so many red flags or <laughs> not red flags. The, it's so many icks for me. Uh, eating outside, disgusting, and eating with your hands even more so. Yeah, I remember back in 2020, uh, you would just bang in the windows of restaurants screaming, the vaccine is a lie, let me in! You misheard, I said the vaccine is alive because I was saying it's a live dosage of COVID inside of your veins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you also believe in the personification of all Western medicine. Yeah. You were the first guy to animate that little toothpaste uh, that fights back against gingivitis. In a previous life, I was the one that told Kiss, hey, make a live record. Call it alive. Yeah. 
And then you became the Phantom of the Park in an unrelated series of events. Uh-huh. And you better believe my my last dying wish. This is why I was pretty much brain dead from the day I was born to around 17. I said, you got to get in with Scooby-Doo already. <laughs> I feel like that didn't happen until like the 2000s. No, that's why I said I was brain dead until I was 16. You ever stop to think how unrelevant Kiss was by the time they finally did their Scooby-Doo crossover? See, I know why this was starting to happen. Because since Nicole works at a comic book store back when this started happening, I was at the comics shop all the time because I would go pick up Nicole. I didn't know how to enjoy myself by my lonesome before marijuana came a kicking down on my door and said here hey james here's how you masturbate and you said thank you marijuana for teaching me how to masturbate said, oigle doigle <laughs> so no that's not even enjoying myself by my lonesome that is an addiction a vice oh. creeping its way in it's waking up in the middle of the night multiple times because you have such a hard boner that it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. in your underwear that's what masturbating by my lonesome's all about but kiss at the time had like multiple <laughs> comic book series out so that's probably why they're like hey let's get on this scooby doo thing dc probably put them out i'm curious what I guess so. Uh, by the way, you're, <laughs> you're never allowed to tell me that I'm taking things too seriously if I make a boner jerk-off joke and you're like, actually, it's an addiction and a serious problem. Uh, well, it you're is. You're making masturbation? Man, you're making masturbation a serious thing? I, I refuse. I mean, no, by myself. If someone is there with me and I'm jacking off, that's fine. But, Sean... It's sometimes six times a day. It's not what I don't want to do it. It just has to happen. (laughs) Your crazy, horny bonerisms aside, on the personal note, this is... No, because you know what? Now I'm gonna about to be. I'm about to be like. This is just like that. Whatever I brought up last time that was like the way too sad for a podcast. Of biblical proportions. Oh yeah, those. Thank you. <laughs> I was like this. This actual trauma that hit my life and I totally forgot about. <laughs> Nicole was when I got on medication for a depression was not on it long because all it did was made me sleepy. But it all she's like, oh, there's a chance your sex drive could go down. That's pretty cool. And then. No, it just made every time I came because it was like cutting off oxygen to my brain. So I was yawning nonstop. It was as if I was always autoerotic asphyxing myself. So the the ejaculations were the greatest ever. But I'm like, I don't want to. I'm just going to work, coming home, eating, sleeping. That's all I was doing. So no, 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 no. When I got my vasectomy, Mm -hmm. hey, sex drive could go down. No, guys, it went up because finally I'm not a ball of nerves thinking every time we have sex, a baby's going to be made. We got to find something that will actually decrease your palpable sex drive. Just cut it off, guys. That makes sense. Or we could put one of those vibrating butt plugs in me so then I don't need to masturbate. I'm just constantly a puddle of cum. Oh, I never have to masturbate again if I'm always coming, thinking Uh ahead, thinking ahead. My prostate would be screaming, he fucking hates me, puddle of cum. 
And everyone will be like, is that Nirvana? And then you'll be like, that sounds nothing like Nirvana. They just have long hair. Uh-huh. Stop comparing Puddle of Cum to Nirvana. And it's tuned in drop D. Meaning drop D's pants and start fingering my prostate along with this vibrating butt plug. Yeah, and speaking of transitions... Oh, and real quick, hey, listeners, hop on patreon.com forward slash MLMpod at the $10 tier. You will get app access. The code is there so you can control my butt plug 24-7. You just have to monetize everything, don't you? Hey, monetize my cum, all right? All right, this is porn again. This is... A lot of this is my fault. I I stared down this road of porn and was like, you know what? Let's walk this way. Let's let's come this way. Baby, just walk this way. Just give me a cum. Doodly 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 do. You could just say, give me a kiss. That's also pornographic. I, I know that's not true. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons have never come to once in their life. Well, no. Now we're talking about Aerosmith. Yeah, but ki- yeah, but give me a kiss refers, of course, to the oh, band Kiss. Okay. And Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons have never come in their life. That's what makes Gene Simmons such a shitty person. Now. Uh huh. He's like, oh, I would be I would be a respectable human being and care about the plight of others if I had only come once in the 70s to the 80s. I think politically and all that, he's he's okay. It's Eh. just he's a capitalist through and through. That's what makes him bad. If it doesn't cost him money, he will care for you to the ends of the world. But once you start costing money in his book, he's like, hey, don't date women because it will cost you money. Yeah. So okay, I think so. I I think that I would t- I wouldn't give him even that much. I think he doesn't care about people unless it makes him money. There we go. Just because you don't cost me anything, I'm losing money because I'm wasting my time caring about another person. I have to go record Kiss Alive five thousand. And he's like, oh, I got this kid. How can I make money off from him? Oh, reality show. Did you ever watch that one? Oh, of course. I watched all of them. I feel like that was just about the time I fell out of both my love of Kiss as well as my love for VH1 surreal celebrity. I struggle to say that because I forgot what it was called. I love all of it. And the only affinity I have for Kiss is them as a cartoon character and Detroit Rock City. I mean, that was my, they were, I think I, I think I've talked about this before. That was like my first concert. Yeah, you have on Shuffling yeah. the Deck. All right, then shut the fuck up, Sean. We got to talk about Lucha Underground. Hey guys, please go listen to Shuffling the Deck. I'm kidding. You're not listening right here. You're only listening to Shuffling the Deck. Yeah. <laughs> we did get like two or three new listeners this week. I will say that for Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Let's go. Big shout out to the TikTok and to the Instagram that James works tirelessly on for you beautiful, beautiful perverts. To get down with Lucha Underground Season 1, Episode 36, entitled Gimme Gold. I'm member style. Uh, The beginning of the end, but you were close. Dang it. That's what this entire episode is about. Honestly, kind of a slow episode in a lot of ways. In that, like, the matches were great, but, like, storyline, I think all they, they just kind of, like, I, I, like, woke up and realized we have three of those Aztec, ancient Aztec medallions. We gotta get rid of them. Ah. We gotta have a fire sale for this, for these Az, ancient Aztec medallions. So we open up this week in Dario's office. He's pondering his medallions, the powerful artifacts from the ancient Aztec. 
There's only four left, and they are going fast. Pentagon Jr., who is in the office with me, uh, are you sure you don't want to compete for one? Pentagon, his mask is as sparkly as the gold medallions because the the white accents on that just gleam in the studio lights. That is for true. Pentagon looks dope as hell. And he's so sparkly, he does not, nor does his master, want one of Dario's four little medallions. My master. What does he want? He wants Vampiro. And tonight, Ian Hodgkinson will accept his challenge. There we go. I was going to say, he doesn't want Vampiro anymore. He wants Ian. Because Vampiro is dead. Vampiro died. And Ian Hodgkinson, the Ian Hodgkinson, of course, the real name of Vampiro. Uh Uh-huh. Ian Hodgkinson is all that's left, so he'll take the scraps. Nom, 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 nom. Sean, next thing, (laughs) man. We don't have time. I was waiting for you to stop me. Somebody (laughs) stop me. (laughs) This podcast sucks. Thank you for listening. Mike Richardson comes in. He's like, I'll stop him. Who's Mike Richardson? (laughs) The dude who started Dark Horse and technically created (laughs) The Mask. I'm a big The Mask fan, guys. That's why I know this information. Yeah, I'm into like cult underground movies. You probably never heard of them, like uh, The Mask. Well, I don't know why you would know The Mask specifically for that stuff. I don't know why you would know the creator of The Mask's name, but it's pretty cool if you do. He created Dark Horse. Dark Horse is one of the biggest indie, it's image than Dark Horse when it comes to comic books. Or I think specifically if you remember that The Mask started as a Dark Horse comic, because I did not. Okay, well, recognize, you dumb fuck. I was saying that's cool. Somebody stop me. Go fuck yourself. We're at the desk. And Vampiro is throwing his breath behind welcoming us to the temple and telling Matt Stryker he's handsome. Quick reminder that the current holders of medallions right now are Jack Evans, the man who created Lucha Lucha Libre, Aerostar, and the Injured Phoenix. And we're we're about to give away another right now. For an Aztec medallion, first match of the night, Bengala versus Delavar Divari. Ooh, and real quick about Pentagon. Pentagon was like, hey, I'd snap your arm if my master wanted to. Penta, just do it for fun. Snap his arm. No, Pentagon. Imagine Dario's face being like, oh, no, it hurts real bad, Penta, please. As he's still snorting and huffing so much cocaine into his nostril. He says it's medicinal now, guys. But Pentagon needs to focus on Vampiro. The second you break Dario's arm, Penta's there. Also, Dario does probably have health insurance himself. Uh-huh. So what's the point? What's the point in snapping someone's arm if they already have health insurance? Well, I'm just saying he'd have an excuse for housing so much cocaine. Oh. But Gala versus Delavar Davari. Delavar Davari with Big Rick once again. Uh! As Davari makes his way to the ring, I think it's Stryker that says he perfectly captures the millennial feel. He hasn't worked for anything and has bought his way into the temple. Stryker. We as millennials don't all drink that thin gravy because I want it much like Sean. We want it so thick it feels like you're swallowing a wad of gum. I just want financial security. (laughs) I wish this was this. This was still the millennial like stereotype. 
of like, oh yeah, they haven't worked a day in their life. They bought their way into everything. These rich millennials owning houses and health insurance yeah. and being able to afford groceries. Fuck these millennials. No. I just, it's, it was such a it was such a throwback of like, oh yeah, remember when everyone thought we had money? Oh, the dream. I used to have financial security. Yeah. Then you got that thick gravy train on you. Uh, no, then I said, I'm going to bet on myself and work for nothing for five years. Oh, man, you 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 pampered millennial. <laughs> no, I'm working, but for mm -hmm. nothing. Oh, just like a millennial to have an internship. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck you, Striker. Magic starts up. I do wonder, this is so, like a technicality. I don't know how we would know. Or, hey, Sean, you've been to indie shows. Are mm. the commentators pumped in for the crowd to hear? Usually not. Okay. There are some shows that do that. I would assume not for television because you would hear that echo. Mm -hmm. Unless they were to cut out. Yeah, because I don't think they're they're not cutting out the sounds of the ring and the sounds of other things. Mm -hmm. So definitely not for television. Oh, maybe you can hop on AM frequencies like at a drive-in and then you can tune it to that. That's what they should do. That's true. But don't forget, they're also they're also double recording everything, right? They're recording everything in Spanish as well as English. So I don't know which ones they record first and second. I would assume the English. They record first, yeah, because they're showing Matt Stryker all the time. Yeah, and they probably dub over with Spanish. I would admit. Yeah. It's not like they're playing twice. But. It's not like SNL records twice for mm -hmm. a live audience. Now, 30 Rock did that once, but that's because they were on a primetime slot. And then they, when they did the two live shows, they had an East Coast and a West Coast one. Would you still be okay with watching Lucha Underground if we found out this was a Broadway production and uh, executive producer Lord Michaels was in the back going, hmm, I like that body slam. Okay, mm. so you, you specifically mean a Broadway video production. Excuse me. Yes, I do. Thank you so much. Mm, yeah, I'd still watch it. All right, cool. Still fuck Lord Michaels, though? Uh, I mean, it's no different than the producers of this show screwing over people as well. Oh, yeah, with their terrible contracts? Yeah. That's true. And the lawsuit that they definitely lost. Lorne Michaels has been known to pretty much make tyrants of head writers, it seems like. Tina Fey, mm -hmm. you know, suggested it with the other two, and then it came out that Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly were tyrants within the writer's room. Oh, word. I should have watched the other two. It's still good. You should watch it, but... It seems that they did not promote a healthy work environment. Ah, gross. Yeah, it's like, I just, I, I should have found this article and, like, sent it to you. There's a big, deep read on, like, hey, Lord Michaels, probably not a great guy. At the very least, he is guilty of the crime of, like, perpetuating a lot of bullshit yeah. in show business. And, like, just, like, real unhealthy, unhealthy bullshit. That, like, he has he has benefited from. Even just the SNL schedule. We've, I think, talked about this before. You could change mm -hmm. that. That could be thrown out. Will Forte has talked about it of working on that 70s show, that being a polished machine. And, hey, you're writing a script every single week. 
but he was mm-hmm. working like seven to four every single day and then hanging out to the point where executives at Fox were like, why aren't you working more? And they're like, it's done. We have a hit yeah. TV show. It doesn't take us like we know what to do. We know the characters. Fuck off. So when he went over to SNL, he's like, it sucked. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's this weird like you find people who are just starting their careers and so they need you. Mm -hmm. And so you create this weird like the uh, Live from New York book. How many people just want to call Lorne Michaels daddy? Because like that's kind of how he he casts people. He's like, that's weird. IDK. Oh, and then soon we'll be calling Tina Fey mommy. Well, yeah, but that's because I have an unhealthy infatuation with her. Well, she's also, when he leaves, she will be taking over. Oh, okay. That has been announced. Oh, has it really? Yeah, like officially, unofficially, it has been announced, but we got to get back Mm -hmm. to this Bengala. What has also been announced is that Bengala has the freshest fucking hookup. Uh He is a cat, by the way. Yes, he licks himself. Yep, he goes and drinks milk. And he does sweet lucha shit like springboard arm drags, suicidas, and Davari runs away. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Stryker was, I think, trying to say, like, within Bengala's tool belt, all of the maneuver, his skill set, his move set. But he says Bengala's dossier, which is the newest lucha political thriller, see Bengala's dossier in theaters 2024 because the writers strike him, I right? Get him. And if you're trying to get crazy in the club, how about you past Bengala's dossier? Eh? Eh? I don't understand this. Past Bengala's dossier. Past the Kavat. Past Bengala's dossier. Oh. I've never been drunk, so I don't know alcohol stuff enough to be like, that's what that's a reference to. Past the dossier. (laughs) (laughs) It's also bad wordplay. Past the dossier. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's, it's the story of Bengal's offense versus Davari's absolute cheatery ways and the use of uh, Big Rick on the outside. Eventually, Davari's cheatiness gets ahead of himself. When he gets Big Rick up on the apron, Bengala escapes. Big Rick accidentally clocks Davari. Bengala rolls up Davari. One, two, three. Another medallion earned at 3 minutes and 31 seconds. Bengala has the fourth medallion. This match was beaten by the, as Stryker says, the curiosity of Bengala, which is the sequel to Bengala's dossier coming out in 2027. We're leaving some padding, uh, you know, because of that looming IATSE strike. Yeah, and also, hey James, pass the curiosity. Past the curiosity. Now, what alcohol is that a riff on? Uh, Vampiro's in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to a... Vampiro gets in the ring. He's, uh, after the match, he's like, I got some business to take care of. Cut back to me after commercial. We come back after commercial, and he's got a microphone, and he's got to let these people know that it has been a long time, and he's been around a long time. He has bled and given of himself in every country, in every corner of the planet pentagon jr is pushing me and pushing me for one more match one week ago he covered me in gasoline trying to set me on fire 
And I can dig that. Hell yeah. I wrote that down like, I can dig that. A quote from Vampiro in reference to someone setting him on fire with gasoline. Yeah, and, here, and don't get me wrong, guys. That is my kink. Pentagon knows me. But, and before you can continue, Pentagon's music plays. He's in, here's here to interrupt Vampiro. He says, stop crying. You said that you love Lucha Libre. Stop talking crap. I came here demanding a damn answer. If you are not afraid of me, if you are not scared, face me at Ultima Lucha. Vampiro says, my name is Ian Hodgkinson. (laughs) (laughs) Your name is what? Pentagon says, let me ask one more time. You want to face me one last time, Ian? Ian Hodgkinson's answer is that Ian Hodgkinson is not the guy you're going to face at Ultima Lucha. The guy who's going to kick your ass, his name is Vampiro. Very exciting. Penta's like, what the fuck? He runs in. Vampiro grabs him by the neck, chokeslam, jumps into the crowd to celebrate. August 5th, Vampiro is thirsty for blood once again. Guys, the crowd is so hyped for this. There was one person in the crowd that face, his face just dropped with just dumbfounded excitement. This crowd is so energetic, it pixelated. That's how much this MP4 can't handle. Yeah, for a true. I I, I forgot it. I don't know if you have the uh, the number. When's the last time he did wrestle? I'll Google it. I it, it, They said like 10 years, but you keep going with your little notes. Okay. Uh, we cut to the locker room. Uh, Sexy Star is getting her gear on, going through her bag, and she remembers that Superfly's mask is still in there. She has a flashback to when she was forced to take his mask in a mask v mask match and how that really kind of put a dink in their relationship. But we're back at the desk. Vampiro's freaking out. Scream it. That's the way it is. And for a medallion, our second match of the night, King Cuerno versus Killshot. King Cuerno, of course, if you're a newer listener and you're keeping up with modern day wrestling, King Cuerno would go on to become Santos Escobar. Killshot becomes Swerve Strickland. Cuerno keeps it tight, minimizing space to minimize Killshot's offense. If you've ever seen Swerve wrestle, he does a lot of things out of nowhere very good. Uh, so while Killshot... Or so while Cuerno is also, can also turn up the speed, can also be quite the high-flying, fast-paced luchador, he understands that he can also out-wrestle Killshot by keeping him grounded. Cuerno is looking for the uh, uh, arrows from the depths of hell's suicida, suicida dive. It gets blocked by kicking Cuerno in the head. Smart on you, Killshot. Rolling cutter, Cuerno goes outside, somersault Rana. Killshot, however, after that, gets caught on the apron. Power slam onto the apron. Looks real bad. Looks real ouchies. So, Vampiro, what is International Wrestling Revolution Group? IWRG. I don't know. I don't know. that. I don't know. Do not know that federation. Okay, so they might not have any. He was wrestling a lot in 2014 with them. Like, he has okay. one, two, three, four, five matches there. But it might not be televised. That still counts. You know what? That still counts, Vampiro. Then in 2013, he was mainly wrestling with uh, with Juggalo Championship Wrestling. He did two matches with them, the new wrestling mm-hmm. entertainment. But then in 20, I'm guessing they're going off from 2012. So about three years is when he was in AAA wrestling quite a bit. Oh, so he's okay. So he's 
I thought it was like the the way the reaction sounded. I thought it was like, you know, 10 years. Like this is a big word. He's been wrestling this whole time. But based off from cage match, like yeah. 2012, he had quite a bit of matches with triple a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11 is 11 matches in one year. A lot for triple a. I don't know. Not really at his age, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, then, yeah, he, I don't know, but it's 2012 to 2015. That's And he's still Vampiro. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. He's still, he's Vampiro. He's still a legend and a juggalo and awesome. I will say this. Uh, should not have looked this up, Sean, because I unfortunately know how one match winds up. Oh, I'm sorry, bud. And real quick, do you, based on cage match, people rate these matches out of 10. What do you think Vampiro's average is? Well, that's a good question. I always, a great moment to take a step out and remind everyone that cage match ratings, much like ratings in any art form, really don't fucking matter. Okay. There are 180 votes. I feel like lately people going back to Lucha Underground, maybe giving them some flowers I want to say eight. He's in a either high sevens, mid eights. Seven point one five. Okay, okay, which is still pretty good. Still pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. If you you come up to me and say, "Ooh, I'm a film director," and my Rotten Tomatoes score, I don't give a shit about your Rotten Tomatoes score. Fuck off. I don't know what he was doing in two thousand and nine, but that's what tanked him. That his average rating on that is four. I wonder, was that his T... No, that wouldn't have been his TNA run. I'll check. I would imagine that'd be a AAA run for him by then. Either AAA or just straight indies. When Jeff Jarrett ruined his career. That's just... That's AAA. That's AAA? Okay, yeah. Yeah, but on to the next match. I I don't know where we're at right now. Cuerno's playing it safe with this pace. Uh, Okay. It's the story of this match, yeah. Cuerno wants to play it safe with this pace. Killshot wants to turn it up with... Because you only need... Three seconds after a big move to score that pinfall. When we started this episode, I was like, where the fuck is Killshot Ben? And then, hey, he's here. I love this match. Hell yeah. Killshot's fucking good. He's wrestling tonight and fucking Wembley. That's crazy. Uh, like 90, they got like 90,000 people in one arena. This huge Ooh. fucking arena overseas. Who is it? Is him and Christian versus Sting and Darby Allen. Joker Sting, by the way, which is kind of cool. What? Yeah, Killshot is wrestling Joker no, Sting tonight. No, they're just no. You calling Joker Sting cool? Joker Sting's cool as hell. Wait, Joker what? Sting fucking sucks, man. You I fi- I've been suck. watching you go to this hell shit. And you die. It's you go so to hell and you bad. Die. It's so Excuse cringy. Me? And this oh, man is oh plagiarism God. from back to front. He's just stole I the crow, shook. and now he steals the Joker. He's still doing Joker yeah. Sting. So two things. Did he steal the crow in the late 90s? Yes. Has he ever seen the movie The Crow? No, he has not. Wow. Even Scott worse. Scott saw it and was like, you should try this makeup on. Two things. And a little behind the scenes for you, sweet, sweet, lovely people out there. James messaged me like, hey, I want to talk about Joker Sting. I see that message and I'm excited. Oh, boy. I love, for those of you who don't know, Sting in the 2000s. 2011. 
2011, thank you, reinvented himself once again in TNA with a sort of deranged, silly little Joker gimmick. And it was, it sort of split some fan bases, apparently was crazy over in Europe and England. Like when they did shows over there, people were like, fuck yeah, we love this. Wow. And it's, and it's Sting being being a little goofy, taking some inspiration from Heath, uh, Heath Ledger. Real and quick. And it's fun. Real quick. Yeah. It's just their accent, guys. They're just as dumb as Americans. Anyway, we were starting too many. Let's start. Let's deal with one fire at a time. James reaches out. And is like, I want to talk about Joker's thing. And here I am excited. Like, oh, it's so campy. James is probably James loves camp. Like this is James is going to be a Joker's thing guy. We didn't talk about it any further. All I uh-uh. said was, of course. And I'm like, in my mind, like, this is, of course, Joker Sting. Why didn't I think of Joker Sting? James loves Joker Sting. And we're doing the podcast today. And you heard it. I find this smooth little organic spot to be like, hey, by the way, you like Killshot. Well, your other favorite, Joker Sting, is in that they're wrestling each other tonight. And oh, oh, the hubris of my wrongness. I hope Killshot on the flight back over international waters, DDTs him out the goddamn plane for the kill shot. I can't. So this was during the Hulk Hogan era, and you have famously said, oh, Hulk Hogan ruined my favorite Fed. I thought this was one of the reasons why. I thought Joker mm-hmm. Sting was like, oh, this is the bullshit they're pulling with Hulk Hogan behind creative. I encourage everyone to go back. DNA puts a lot of their stuff on YouTube. That's how I know about it. for yourself. Yeah, oh yeah. DNA is great. Dude, modern day TNA, they're fucking awesome. Shouts out, shouts out, shouts out. This also made me realize, I was watching this video, we'll never be able to do another wrestling federation because this reminded me what I fucking hate about other ones. There's so much meandering. There's so much just like, eh, 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 and it's like, fucking do something. Instead of making a two-hour-long presentation, cut it down to 44 like Lucha Underground. Actually give us content instead of just silence. Oh, I'm going to walk up to the stage. Hey, hey, hey. No, get out of here. There are times when these fuckers say the same thing over and over again. The show, don't tell. That's what we need. I encourage everyone to go watch Joker Sting for themselves and determine their own feelings about this. I... I'm at a loss for words. I, I guess, I mean, that's, no, you're right with, with what you just said, though. Yeah, you, like, you can do more and not, and when we say do more, it's not necessarily like do bigger moves. I want to see more like, no, you can just get to your point. You can tell your story in a more efficient way. Meandering in anything is kind of just rough to watch. It's this. Oh, um, not Vince Russo. Who's that? Eric Bischoff. You created me. I'm Joker Sting. Is this what you wanted when you created me? Huh? You're creative? What you have been putting out? That's what created me. And it's like, dude, no. Just punch him in the dick and go away. Take a pen and say, you want to know how I disappear the pen? Shove it in his ass because we can't kill a man on screen. But we can sodomize him. And Bischoff says I'm so muscular I can take it. He's not that... All right. He's handsome. Like, almost like Cuerno hears the commentary accusing him of playing it safe, picks up the pace immediately with a poison rana, hits his arrow from the depths of hell. Killshot manages to escape the thrill of the hunt, but cannot escape a flapjack into Romero's special. The dragon sleeper variation on that 
earns a submission victory for King Cuerno at six minutes and seven seconds. Guys, make sure you check out Joker Sting on T on TNA YouTube. It's fucking great. I no, love it. It's bad. Here are some things about this match. I loved just Cuerno doing a peck dance. Yeah. Like up top? Yeah, that seemed out of character for him just to move his pecs around saying, hey guys, check this out. And then there is multiple shushes during this match. The audience just wants to see this unfold. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't give a shit who wins. This is just the match to see right now. It's really the match of the card. Like everything else, spoilers, everything else goes by qu pretty quick or is like not a real match. Mm -hmm. But this, and I'll, and I'll say this in regards, because a key component of his character is the chess game he's playing. But it's also, he's he might be the most hubris out wrestler in Lucha Underground. I don't know if anyone has an ego quite like King Cuerno at this stage. <laughs> that bitch Chavo Guerrero! I don't think even Chavo believes it. Chavo had to beat Chavo Guerrero in the WWE and WCW for years. I don't think he has enough healthy ego left over. Okay. People have been shitting in Chavo's bag since the day he came out. He was born, his mother, his, the doctor handed him a bag. His mother opened the bag and it was full of shit. And the doctor said, this will be your life, Chavo. Uh, so I don't think Chavo even has like that e that pure hubris. It's like the... It's this weird, like, how does, if King Cuerno is so athletic and is so smart and is so diabolic in the way he picks people apart, how does he lose? Usually it's his own hubris. Okay. Also, I maybe, and maybe it's just because I want to see King Cuerno's pit, uh, titties dance. Who knows? Show me that titty bop up and down. But I very much agree on that. Like, there was a hush. There was, like, this was a great match. Yeah. And I don't think this has ever been revealed before, but they're talking about giving away those Aztec coins, that Aztec mm -hmm. gold. And Vampiro goes, which doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Dario's Spanish. He's not Mexican. I'm like, when was that established? I think they've been, I think they've been establishing that. Okay. To be fair, like, yeah, I think Vampiro's, because I think that was part of the, uh, when they organized the mask versus mask match. Of uh, Superfly versus oh, Sexy Star, okay. and because Vampire was very much like, well, this is like mask versus mask match. That's that's how you end a rivalry. That's I can't take it anymore. I need to get you out of my life. I will remove your identity from your face by removing your mask. And Dario kind of hot shot at that. He like was like, hey, these two guys are friends, but fuck it, I want to see some shit. And Vampire was like, this Spaniard does not understand our culture. Okay, okay. The way he is booking this mask versus mask, which does lead us into our next match of the night for a third for a third medallion, third medallion, third medallion. It is Superfly versus Sexy Star, the recently maskless Superfly versus the woman who is still carrying his mask around in her bag, Sexy Star. Superfly has such a tiny little butt. Hank Hill would be proud. Hell yeah, that. <laughs> This maskless man can move propane and propane accessories, as well as his body in some high-flying Lucha Libre action. Uh, Superfly, the tiny butt man himself, still blames Sexy Star for his career's downward spiral. But as Vampiro reminds us, you lost. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want from us? 
And she didn't want to move that mask. You said, do we? Oh, oh. But of course, he's a man blaming a woman because he can't take his own responsibility or blame another man. But I guess he's scared mm-hmm. of that man. He can break my arm. Well, sexy star. Uh-oh. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> I was going to keep going with that, but I was like, oh, wait, no, she she can. She did. She she can and she has. All right. Next uh, thing. Yes. That's the clip. Of course, she's a good looking hot girl, Vampiro reminds us, but she's a warrior and an inspiration to me, Vampiro. Superfly plays with Sexy Star's match, uh, mask up top. She chops him. He drop kicks her. She kicks him in the nuts, which I, I did not know was illegal, but all right. Sexy Star puts out an arm bar and submits Superfly 33 seconds. Oh, yeah. This is this will be quick hits. It's a squash. I said, holy squash match, Batwoman. Yeah, it does sort of kill this story between them. They're, are they wrestling at the pay-per-view? I don't know. I don't. Hold on. I have, it's I also have not the pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Or the, yeah, sorry, not the not pay-per-view. The event. They are not wrestling at the event. Okay. It really, like, it, and some of the stories, uh, Cage versus Mac didn't make it to the event, but they had a great match last week to kind of tell that, you know, to finish things off, to cap things off, for Mac to finally get his revenge. This was just like, oh, I guess Superfly's still here. Get Get him out of here. My hopes is either in the next episode or next season, it will be revealed of Superfly needed that. He needed this extremely quick victor or failure, this loss. Mm-hmm. And he's like, goes to Sexy Star and is like, hey, I'm sorry how I treated you. Like, you are a top dog and I've been treating you like lesser. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. He's- like a bottom bitch, but I'm the bottom bitch. Through his failure, he overcomes his misogyny. Maybe. Hopefully, and then he hands her a strap on and he says, bottom me. No. That's what I'm into. After the match, Marty the Moth is out here. Marty the Moth is here. Let's stop talking about pegging and talking about Marty the Moth who is here. Not getting pegged currently. He's here to interrupt sexy celebration. Can I call you sexy? And she gives those excuse me eyes like, oh, you better not. His name is Marty the Moth Martinez, and he would like to see that medallion that Sexy has just won. And just like he thought, it is a moth medallion. This medallion specifically has come from, each of, each of the seven medallions comes from one of the ancient seven Aztec tribes. This medallion has come from his tribe, the Moth tribe. The scariest tribe out there. Yeah, man, especially, unless you, especially if you have like a lantern. Oh, oh. You think you're seeing in the nighttime and now there's just a moth in your eyes? Curses. Exactly. Also, I've discussed it before. I'm terrified of moths. I forgot. Yeah. Why are you terrified of moths again? It doesn't matter. Go listen to... How about you go listen to a previous episode? Yeah! Anyway, I know he's talking about me, but I'm going to blame you, the listener, you fucks. He demands a match right here, right now, against Sexy Star to defend her recently won medallion. And I will say, Marty although a creep, is doing the right thing here. He is taking pilfered mm-hmm. gold, pilfered artifacts from a community mm-hmm. and returning it to the community. We should be cheering this man. He's being a creep, but still doing the right thing. 
He's being a creep, but doing the right thing is a beautiful sentiment. In his essence, in his soul, he is a creep. That is still true. But the things he is doing currently should be acknowledged and uh, commended. He's a creep, but oh, they call me the streak. Oh, you be dead, you be dead, you be dead. <laughs> Marty the Moth Martinez versus Sexy Star in a medallion defense. It's sexy all over the place. Top rope arm drag, wheelbarrow arm drag, crossbody, but Marty catches her body slam. Uh, he, may not, he may not be all there in the brain, but he's a solid wrestler. And commentary wonders what his name is on Facebook. Marty hits a figure for a leg lock. Sexy turns it over to reverse the pressure. Running boot, another arm bar, another submission victory for Sexy Star at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. She has worked for a total of 2 minutes and 53 seconds tonight. But she's doing that work. Girl hey. boss. Absolutely. <laughs> and she will not break your arm. Moving on. I thought Marty made her look very powerful, and I loved this second part of the match. Marty is great. Marty, I'm hoping in future seasons, they've really used Marty a lot. He's awesome. They do. Okay, cool. Does he become a champion of some sorts? I, yeah, but I don't know which champion. Could be a tag team, could be the main champion. They could have provided another championship. I don't know. I have just read his Wikipedia page. That's awesome. That's, well, that's one of those things. I'm, I'm curious too, because he's, he's in this position now too. Like he's so good and his character work is so like clear and fun and I'm excited to watch him. I could see I could see him transitioning out of being a creep into just being a silly little guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like right now he's right now he's a creep. He you know, he, he's creeped his way into the temple. He's creeped his way on everyone. Like the first his his biggest strategy is to trick you into thinking you're friends and then hitting you when you turn your back on him. Yeah. Like he's a creep. But with a little bit of self-awareness and a little bit of honor. He could just be a silly little guy, and I love me some silly little guys. I will say I know for a fact that when he's behind Melissa Santos, he they're using forced perspective because he's actually in the crowd. <laughs> he's nowhere near rubbing his little pee-pee bump on her butt. Oh, I forgot that's something he does. So if the camera were to move <laughs> to go perpendicular with them, you'd be like, oh, wait, he's nowhere near him. He's just moving his peepee -pee bump in the crowd. Yeah, I might have to take back what I just said about him being a silly little guy. I forgot how much of his peepee -pee bump is involved in his character. Hey, they made Son of Havoc a like quirky little dude from being just a very bad man. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's for true. <laughs> and speaking of bad men, that shadow, that cancer that is Conan is nowhere to be seen in our next match, at least in the beginning, which is... Well, that was actually our last match. Uh, this is just Dario in the ring. Oh. Yeah, that, yeah, that was all like... Oh. That's why this is kind of a weird episode, is that there's really only like... Because the Devario match was... A story, but not a lot of match, which is kind of Davari in Lucha Underground. Well, Sean, I, I've only seen Ringu. I've never seen the ring. You're saying Dario's in the ring? Holy shit. Does he get all wonky-faced by uh, Sadako Samara? Oh, okay. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what Ringu is. And I'm just, I've, I imagine Ringu is what comes out of my penis after I watch a really solid wrestling match. I come. That's a come joke. Thank you so much for being here. Pass the dossier. 
<laughs> Dario's in the ring. <laughs> James is disappointed. One of us is trained in improv. <laughs> and you never guess who. <laughs> because you're like, they're both bad at it. Yep. Dario's, Dario's in the ring uh, and there's a bunch of El Jefe chants. Either this is getting piped in or like Dario has become a beloved worm. And you'd love to see it. Like again, like under, like if you grew up in the 90s and you loved that, ooh, Vince McMahon is such a bad guy character. It's almost like he's a bad guy in real life. He's playing this character so well. Uh -huh. I'm not going to look into his lawsuits. Like if you're into... I'm tangenting myself. If you're into that sort of wrestling with like a clear villainous authority figure, he's amazing. He definitely underrated because I've not as harder to find Lucha Underground. Not impossible. Reach out to one of us. We'll shoot you a link. But it's harder to find it. And he's so he's so, so good at it. So these it was nice to hear those El Jefe chants before he even starts talking. Mm hmm. Uh, he hypes up the Lucha Underground Championship match between Prince Puma and Mil Muertes at Ultima Lucha. But Dario's impatient. He's an impatient little worm. So these two men, under my orders, will have a face-off right here, right now. He introduces Prince Puma, and never mind that shit, here comes Mill. Uh, and during their stare down, Katrina appears at the top of the ramp. <gasps> The goons start, like, and, it, and it's just a stare down. They're just going to look at each other in the eyes, I guess is what Dario, Dario was expecting. Katrina appears at the top of the ramp, though. The goons start piling out. They're bringing a casket with them. The goons, also, a reminder, will be taking on the odd thruple in uh, Ultima Lucha. Very exciting. I hate that matchup real quick because they just all look the same. I also hate it because they haven't really done they haven't really done anything. Obviously, they've yeah. been around. They've been, like, picking fights. It, it doesn't feel, for a championship match, that doesn't feel like there's a lot of story there. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's so clearly being overshadowed by Puma and Mill. Like, there's no way the goons are more important than Mill. There's no way the... and there's and, and, Which is fine, but also is how much Mill is overshadowing the goons. It, do, it, does, it, it, just, it doesn't feel big, I guess. Yeah. But we do get to see the out of thruple wrestle, so I'm not I'm not that mad at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dario's a big old moron. He thought it would just be a stare down. He's desperately trying to stop things from escalating. No, don't punch each other, please. I don't have the insurance for you guys to do that. The goons bring out the coffin. Puma takes his shot, but it's four on one. It's just too much. But here comes Conan, James's <gasps> second favorite wrestler, right behind Joker Sting. <sighs> Conan's here. He takes out the entire goon squad with one cane. But one cane is not enough to stop Mill, who catches that cane and then blasts him in the head with it. And then blasts Puma in the head with it. Everyone's getting blasted with Conan's cane except for Mill. Uh, he ends up holding up Puma to watch as the goons dump Conan into the coffin while Katrina shuts the coffin lid. They take him out. Mill flatlines Puma before raising Conan's cane and to Puma's title above him. And that is Lucha Underground, Season 1, Episode 36, The Beginning of the End. I wouldn't mind getting blasted with Conan's cane. Yaga, yow. Wow, a little Baja blast from... I don't know, every time I hear the word blast, I think of Baja now. Taco Bell may have ruined me.
It fills me up and cleans me out. Yay, yay. It fills me up and cleans me out, but leaves me feeling so much dirtier after. Sean. Yes, James. I'm wondering where the fuck is Black Lotus? When is this storyline going to be f- tied up? But That's very true. And like, and where is this mysterious brother in a cage who eats heads? In my research, Sean, you have been on here saying, I can't find anything about this Black Lotus. Don't know if she's a wrestler. She seems more of an actor. No, I did find things on Black Lotus. We oh. talked about this. Okay, yeah. I all I remember is you <laughs> saying like, oh yeah, I can't. I I guess she has MMA background, possibly. I don't think so. No, Eva Lee's has MMA background. Okay. I think Black Lotus was just an actor, correct? What's her name? That's what you said. That Black Lotus is an actor. Yes, but she is a wrestler. She was on like ECW as a ring announcer. She's trained. She was in OVA and then the Florida one, whatever the the Florida Championship Wrestling. Yeah, she's been in, and I'm like, Sean, what are you, what are you talking about? She's been a wrestler yeah. for a long time and a ring announcer for a long time. Okay, and you loved ECW sci-fi. Yep, it's my favorite. There's a zombie and a guy named Big Dick Johnson jerked off Sandman's Singapore cane like it was a penis. Hell yeah, dude. Actually, that's an underrated moment, if you know what I'm talking about. So Sandman is like this big, tough guy from the 90s, and he drinks beer, and he's a construction worker, and he hits you with a a Singapore cane. And in the WWE ECW, one of, I think it might have been the first episode, Sandman's finishing his match, and then Big Dick Johnson, who was... A larger, uh, uh, rotund gentleman comes out. He strips down to look like a Chippendale dancer, and he starts jerking off the cane. And while he's jerking off the cane, Sandman spits out his beer to make it look like it's coming beer, I guess. And it's an underrated... People like to shit on WWE ECW. That's a great moment, and I stand by that. That's awesome. That's the. <laughs> I think that's an awesome moment. If it wasn't a man spitting alcohol near another man, he does it in the air. Still, that's gross. Someone has to clean that up. It'd be better if it was just semen. That's. I knew you were gonna say that, and I know it wouldn't. That's stain. What stains worse, beer or semen? Let it semen. Semen. It's semen. not the staining. It's just ew. This was like in someone's mouth and swishing around. You don't know where that's been. Semen sterile. Unless you have and, diseases, then it's you know has diseases. But if you have diseases, so does your mouth. Not the same diseases, James. Not the same diseases. No, if you have an STD, it can also be transferred through saliva. But not all of them. I think most of them, unless it's like a genital wart. Yeah, well, genital. I think genital warts. I think genital wart is the one that can be transferred via saliva. If you suck on a genital wart, Sean, now you have genital wart of the mouth. One of us went to a Catholic school and one of us went to a, a, granted, a a public school, but I think one of us had more sex education than the other. I had Project Truth, which is that abstinence is the only (laughs) way to 100% protect yourself from disease and babies. Okay, so one of us has more knowledge on this. (laughs) Yeah, and who that is? Vote below. Do you believe in God or are you... James. Uh, I will put that as a Spotify <laughs> question of like, hey, poll time. Who knows who more about more sex? sex? <laughs> yeah. I've read a book on how to make someone squirt. Have you? Yeah. It's called the Bible. 
Ew. Maybe I, you heard of it? Deuteronomy. That's a better joke. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I've read a Playboy before. <laughs> I've no, read a Vogue. I absolutely would not. My religion forbids it. No, Sean, get out of that religion quick. Oh, no, no, it's the best. We have Kool-Aid, and I pay a guy. This religion sucks. Guys, subscribe to us on things. I thought you were going to say, we we have guilt and veggie tales. One's pretty good. The other is veggie tales. (laughs) (laughs) I like veggie tales, guys. It's so bad. I have such strong feelings about this children's television show. And if you want to hear me go off on those strong feelings about how VeggieTales is everything wrong with Western Christianity, how it inspires you to not question, but to take things for value, teaches obedience, not respect, or you just want to hear me talk about buttholes, follow me on twitch.tv slash goosevonkaiser. We're currently playing uh, Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes. The Metal Gear Solid remake for the GameCube. Yo, that game, hot take, Metal Gear Solid, it's a pretty good game. It scares me. You got to be stealthy, and I don't want to do that. Dude, it's actually... So, I play... On Fridays, I play Fortnite with my brother and the kid we grew up with. It's kind of how I keep in touch with them after all these years. And it's this big heist thing in Fortnite, which is awesome because I'm really bad at Fortnite, but I'm great at not being seen. Oh, oh, in Fortnite, I'm very good at that. That's how I get every dub. Hell yeah. But it's kind of like why, like, as soon as, like, we, we started playing, I'm like, oh... I think I like Metal Gear Solid because I'm bad at Fortnite. Okay. <laughs> Is that all you got to plug? That in my butthole. James, what do you got going on? Oh, remember, patreon.com forward slash Pod For $5 a month, you get exclusive content every single Friday in the form of podcasts. But $10 patrons get that sweet monthly content as well as app access to my butt plug. Ooh, I'm kidding. You get shout outs on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those starting with Steve F. Ian. Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. Ian. Alex Z, the Waz. Orion. Jordan B, the Chaos Witch. If that's all you're doing, no, I will not allow it. Joshua Jacobs, my Bickle brother in common law. Steve Barnes, a sweet child of time. Head over to MLMPod.com to find out information about that and... Uh, all the other free feed podcast. Uh, the woman which I emerged. My mother, Lil Corey's BFF, and now former roommate Shane. That fed twitch.tv forward slash core winning. It's Corwin. And from the ROM complex and formulaic, a podcast and script writing, as well as twitch.tv forward slash R2 Shelby 2. It's R2 Shelby 2. And listen to my music under Marshland Monster because that's my name as a rapper. And my name is Ian Hodgkinson. And this has been Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, mother fudge. Hey, pass the dossier. Pass the dossier to the right-hand side. Hell, there it is. Improv, baby. Yes, and suck my dick, Sharna. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This might be unlistenable. (laughs) But fun, but fun. Oh, hey, hey, hey.